got to be very careful who you let speak into your life because well-meaning people will bring to you the message of the storm instead of the message of God and help bring you down. I want somebody who's got the message of God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. In the storms of life, what you're focused on will decide your victory or defeat going down or going through. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Anchored Steadfast in the Storms. And our walk with God focuses everything, and particularly in a stormy trial. Peter learned this so well when he stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water toward Jesus. As long as his eyes were focused on the Lord, he experienced the miracle of literally walking on the water. But the moment he turned his focus onto the wind and waves, Peter began to sink. We're going to see in today's message that focus is everything in your storm and how to fix your focus onto the Lord. So let's go right to the message, the focus in your storm. Today I want to talk to you about something very, very important because some of you are doing what I'm going to be talking about and God's going to set you free today. The Word is not going to return to me void, but it's going to do what it's sent forth to accomplish. It is a mighty Word, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart, and faith comes by hearing this Word. So I expect change. Amen? So I'm going to talk to you about don't fellowship with your storm. Don't fellowship with your storm. And I'm going to tell you what that means in a minute. But let's read one of my favorite New Testament historical accounts of what happened to the disciples and Jesus when they were at sea in a boat. Matthew 8, 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. Can you say with me? They followed him right into a storm. But, Jeff, I thought if I followed Jesus, there wouldn't be any storms. Hey, sometimes he'll lead you right into a storm because they're just following him. Now, verse 24, suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, let's try some drama here. Everybody do it like you're shouting and like you're freaking. Okay, Ready? Lord, save us. We are... Boy, I'm calling Hollywood. Y'all are good. Now, verse 26. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm after he rebuked them. The men marveled, and they asked the million-dollar question, Who can this be? that even the winds and the sea obey him. Let me translate that. We're obviously not following a normal man. 
Because no normal man talks to the wind and it obeys him or talks to the rolling waves and they calm themselves. Only he who made them can command them. Amen? I've told you that I'm speaking to you out of the crucible of my own experience. I've just been through a major storm and I'm still somewhat in it, but it's getting better. And I've always preached out of whatever the Holy Spirit was dealing with me about. And so this whole storm series is coming straight out of my heart. And I know that it's for you because people experience storms on this planet. Not rainstorms, spiritual storms that threaten your house, threaten your mind, threaten your body, threaten what you value most. Storms attack what we care about. Now, two weeks ago, we read from the same story And the disciples in this story are about to have their faith tested. They didn't know it. Jesus knew it because he's never surprised by anything. He knows the end from the beginning. But they didn't know it. They got in the boat with him, and he starts across the sea. And he knows full well when he lays down to go to sleep in the boat that a storm is going to hit. So he's not taken back by it. That's why I say all the time, God never says, well, I'll be. He's never surprised. The storm you're in, he saw it coming. The trial you're experiencing, he knew it was going to arrive. The important thing is not what you're going through, but how are you responding to what you're going through? How are you responding to it? Are you responding to it with faith or fear? With doubt or with courage? How are you responding to the storm that's battering your life? Jesus said, the wind will blow, the rain will fall, the floods will beat against the house of your faith. And how do you respond to it? How are you dealing with it? Or is it dealing with you? Now, I'm going to show you today that when this storm struck, these disciples were totally taken off guard. Their frail faith evaporated, and they really panicked, freaked out, yielded to fear, and they lost their victory. Now, I want to talk to you about what they did wrong because what they did wrong is so easy for all of us to do. I've done it a million times and so have you, but we need to hear this word today. We need to hear a word from God today. I want to show you what they did wrong, and then I want to show you what they later did right because they did learn and they did grow. Now, the first thing they did wrong, here comes this storm, major, major tempest struck their boat, winds howling, waves pouring into the boat. They think, this is it, it's over, we're going down. This is going to take our life. This is our last day on the planet. How come Jesus didn't tell us about this? Where's Jesus? Well, he's asleep. Now, here's the mistake they made. The first mistake they made was they fellowshiped with their storm. Now, I want you to think about that with me for a moment. They fellowshiped with their storm. Now, in order to fellowship with somebody, you've got to listen to them and you've got to talk to them. It's a communion thing. You're going back and forth. You're fellowshipping. You're talking to somebody and you are listening to somebody. There is communion. There is a relationship going on. There is a back and forth, a give and take when there is fellowship. To fellowship means we're relating to somebody. We're communicating with them. We're listening to them and responding to them. That's fellowship. 
Whatever you're fellowshipping with has your ear, your attention, your focus. Whatever you're fellowshipping with, that's the way it is in marriage, the way it is in friendships, the way it is in church fellowship. Now, you know, when you read up on the word fellowship in the Bible, it's all through the Bible, different kinds of fellowship that you and I can have, relating back and forth, talking and listening, communicating with, communing with, relating to. Many times in the Bible, we're called to have fellowship with one another. That's why it's so much better to be in church than watching on streaming video. Hi, streaming video. Hi, I'm not saying anything against you. I know you couldn't be here. But if you could be here, you should. But I'm so glad you're watching there in your living room. I'm so glad streaming video is growing, and I thank God for it. But listen, you can't touch an image. You can't ask an image to pray for you. You can't tell an image, hey, I'm really going through it. Please agree with me in prayer. I'm so glad we've got streaming video because I hear so many testimonies from it. But the best thing is to be here if you can be here. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together, as the habit of some is. But here's the deal. The Bible says we're to fellowship with God's children. We're to fellowship with one another. It says, if John says, if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we're to encourage one another when we come together to meet in church. That's what local church is all about. Local church is so that we will come together and not judge each other, not condemn each other, not point a finger at each other, but encourage one another and lift one another up. And so much the more as we see Jesus' return approaching. We need a fellowship. We need to one another one another. But we also, and I love this, we have fellowship with Jesus himself. The Bible says we can fellowship with the Son of God. He's not just an idea. He's not just a philosophy. He's just not some historical figure way back there in the first century. No, he is a living person who we fellowship with now. It says, therefore, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're called to fellowship with him. I talked to Jesus this week. What about you? How many of you can say, I talked to Jesus this week? Amen. Amen. And you're not talking to an idea. You're not talking to just somebody in the past. You're talking to somebody who lives in your heart, who hears you and responds back to you. He's a person. But it gets even better. We also have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. In another place, Paul said, the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I pray that the Holy Spirit's fellowship is with your spirit. I don't know how people do it without the Holy Spirit anymore. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy Spirit. He's talked to me this week. He has given me peace this week. He has strengthened me this week. He has upheld me this week. He has guided me this week. He has encouraged me this week. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. Can we just say together, thank God for the Holy Spirit and thank God for the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And he fellowships with us via the Holy Spirit and through his word.
But you know what? As I read the Bible even further, I see that it doesn't even have to be a person you're fellowshipping with. We fellowship with one another. We fellowship with Jesus. We fellowship with the person of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't even have to be any of that. Paul says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, I want you to get that. You can fellowship with works that are dark. You can have fellowship because you're communicating with them. They're communicating with you. They are giving you a message. They are teaching you. They are communicating something to you, the works of darkness. And our culture is filled with the works of darkness. And Paul says to believers, don't fellowship with dark works, but expose them. That's something I'm supposed to do up here. I'm supposed to stand up here and literally expose the works of darkness. But, you know, you can sit in your living room with that one-eyed monster in your living room and all the furniture is turned towards it. And if you're not careful, that thing will minister to you and teach you and communicate to you the works of darkness. And if you're not careful, you will fellowship with the works of darkness via the television. Got real quiet right there. Some of you winced when I said that. Because you've been sitting there at times watching that TV and the Holy Ghost has said to you, turn it off. You're fellowshipping with the works of darkness. And you know that you can even fellowship with demons? Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 10, 20. The things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. Now, he's talking to the Corinthian church here. Catch the last part of this verse. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Hmm. That's the Word of God. He's telling believers, don't have fellowship with demons. How do you do that? By fellowshipping with works of darkness. So we are called to be set aside unto God, sanctified unto Him, and seek whatever is true, the Bible says, honest, just, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. If there's any virtue and any praise, think fellowship with on these things, Philippians 4, 8. Fill your mind with good stuff. Get good and brainwashed. Come on, everybody. There's a bad kind of brainwashing and there's a good kind of brainwashing. When I open up the Bible and I read it every morning, I am washing my brain. I walk out the door good and brainwashed. Now, Catch this. If we can fellowship with God and we can fellowship with the Lord Jesus and we can fellowship with the Holy Spirit, all people, and on the dark side, we can fellowship with the works of darkness and even demons, then we can certainly also fellowship with a storm, an inanimate thing, but it's bringing a message to us. We do this. You say, well, how can I fellowship with a storm, Jeff? Here's how you do it. By listening to it, by agreeing with it, and by allowing it to rule your emotions. See, when I look at these disciples, all of a sudden this storm hits. Who had control of them? Did Jesus have control of them? Not at all. What had control of their emotions? The storm. What were they listening to? The storm. What were they communicating with? The storm. And there sat Jesus right in the boat, but they weren't communicating with him. They weren't talking to him. They were not in communion with him. They turned all of their focus and all of their attention onto the storm. And we do that so easily. They were listening to this storm. That storm had a message for them. And your storm has a message for you. That's what I'm wanting us to get today. Storms talk. They communicate. 
and they tell us things. They said to Jesus, Lord, we are perishing. Now let me ask you a question. Where did they get that message? Where did they get the notion that they were perishing? They got it from their storm. That's what their storm was telling them. Their storm was telling them, you're going down for the last time. You're not going to make it to the other side. You're not going to fulfill the destiny that you set out to fulfill. You are not going to arrive. You're going down in the middle of your journey. This is it. It's curtains for you. This is your tombstone right here. And that's what storms tell us. Storms talk to us. And some of you are listening to a storm and you haven't been aware that you're listening to the voice of the storm instead of the voice of your Lord. They said, Lord, emphatically, we are perishing. And was that true? Was what they said true? I'm going to answer my own question. No, it was not true. It was not true. You know why it wasn't true? Because Jesus was in their boat with them. Jesus was in the boat. And when Jesus is in your boat, you're going to get to the other side of where he's taking you. Storms may come and storms may hinder, but Jesus is going to get you to the other side of what you set out to go to, what you set out to travel to. He is going to complete and perfect that which concerns you. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. But look at what they're listening to. They're listening to the storm. Lord, we are perishing. But it wasn't true at all. They were speaking the message of the storm instead of the message of their faith. Now catch this. Because how you respond to your storm is going to decide how quickly you come out. See, if you listen to your storm and you agree with your storm and you, go to, you let your storm take you down... You just gave in to defeat. You just gave in to the wrong voice. Don't listen to the storm. Listen to the voice of God. Let me just say this today. Remember I said this. Make this a refrigerator sticker. In your storm, if you're listening, Jesus is talking. He's talking. He's talking to you. There's two voices going on, the voice of your storm and the voice of God. The storm was talking to these disciples, and they were listening. And not only did they listen, they agreed with the storm. They said to Jesus, we are, emphatically, without doubt, beyond argument, we are perishing, Lord. They were convinced the storm's message was true. Amen. What about you today? You have a marital storm. You have a financial storm. You've got a temptation storm. And the enemy is coming against you and you feel so weak and you feel so defeated. And the storm is telling you, you're going down in the middle of the sea. You are not going to make it to the other side. You are not going to complete what you set out to do. Listen, I came today with a word from God to tell you, don't listen to the voice of your storm. Listen to the voice of God. So the second thing I learned here is that the voice of your storm never agrees with the voice of God. It doesn't. They are diametrically opposed, the voice of the storm and the voice of God. Storms deliver a message that does not align with God's promises. And this principle is all through the Bible. When the 12 spies, let me give you an example. When the 12 spies 
Moses gathered them together. They've been traveling 40 years. This hurts me every time I preach this because they had been through 40 years of hell, 40 years of training, 40 years of failure and getting up again and failure and getting up again and, and living on manna and just believing for the day that they approached the Jordan and crossed the other side into the land of milk and honey. And they got there. And just over yonder, they can see across the Jordan the promised land. And Moses said, okay, I want 12 of you, 12 of you to go over and spy it out. 12 went over, spies, to spy out the promised land. And the Bible says that when the 12 spies went over, 10 of the 12 listened to the storm instead of the voice of God. They focused on the storm of the swarm of giants that they saw. And they brought a report back to Moses. You know what they brought back to Moses and the people? The message of the storm and not the message of God. You know, I'm so particular in who I let speak into my life because I want somebody speaking into my life, not what the storm is saying, but what God is telling me in the storm. You got to be very careful who you let speak into your life because well-meaning people will bring to you the message of the storm instead of the message of God and help bring you down. I want somebody who's got the message of God. But these 10, 10 of the 12 came back, and here's what they said. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought about us too. They thought we looked like grasshoppers. They allowed the enemy to define them. I don't let any enemy define me. I let Jesus define me. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. They allowed the enemy to call them grasshoppers, Instead of mighty men of God, I don't let anybody define me but the Word of God and Jesus Himself. Follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'm going to make you to become what I want you to be. I am not a grasshopper. I'm a man of God walking with God. I'm a child of the King. I will not allow somebody else to define me. But this is the word they brought back. And now listen, because they had fellowship with the storm, they brought the false message of the storm back to the people. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten my eyes off of the Lord and began to sink in my circumstances. But then as soon as I got my focus back onto the Word of God and the God of the Word, I was strengthened even in the storm. Thank God for the verse, looking unto Jesus. What a great focus verse that is. And I pray that you too will be strengthened as you look to the Lord right now in the middle of your storm. You will find that it makes all the difference. Now be sure to stay tuned to our announcer. He has some important information for you regarding an exciting offer for our Life Talk listeners. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, The Focus in Your Storm. Until then, I really do pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. 
These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111, or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The focus in your storm is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Anchored. You can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Anchored, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.